Hello, this is D.B. Richards from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and this season is dedicated to Bill Palmerino. Rest in peace, my friend. Welcome, everybody, to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet referee, Dave Keener. And good afternoon. How is everybody today? Hey, what's going on? I'm good. I'm a little tired, a little sore, but I'm all right. Dude. Stop saying you're tired, you're sore. Wrestling life. You just stand there and count to three. Count to three? Count to three. I don't I know. I mean, at least I can count to three. How far can you count? Ten. Well, then that's why you're getting counted out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So who do we have on today? So we have the Mastodon. Oh. Hello. Not to be confused with the band. Oh, there's a band. Yeah, there's a band called Mastodon. Huh. Pretty cool. What, what's so, happening, gentlemen? What's going on? What's going on, my friend? Sorry, my, my voice is a little hoarse. <laughs> Too many dicks. I mean, you're the biggest one of them all. Yeah, douchebag. You got that right? More or less. You see, more, more or less, less right? <laughs> more or less. More or less. So, how you been, man? The last time we saw you was at, at CW. CWE, PWA. Yeah, yeah, we were, uh, uh, I kind of got uh, run over, steamrolled by uh, a couple of big old boys in your area. Maybe a bit off a little bit more than I can chew, but, you know, we survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things are doing good. Um, staying busy every weekend, trying to be all over the place, as far as go, as fast as I can get there, you know? Oh, yeah, very true. So, to get everything started, like, um, we do have fans that don't listen to the show. It's crazy. I don't know how that happens. They tell me, um, hey, who are these wrestlers that come on the show? Would you give us a little um, background about you? Uh, I've been in and out of the business for about 20 years. I'm more out than in, to be honest. Uh, I've also been a concert promoter. A, um, I've run a ministry. I was a preacher for a while. Uh, I'm a carny, man. I get involved in things and I just run with it. You know, promoting, advertising, marketing. I ended up in the marketing industry there for about 10 years. Uh, but wrestling's my joy. It's what I've been doing since I was in high school. I broke in with the Wild Samoans. Um, had a great opportunity to learn under that family. Still good friends of mine. Great family. Family, you know? Fantastic family. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Trust me, Lance, so is, like a, the, Lance is a good friend, so. Uh, Lance, I've known that kid literally since he was like <laughs> six years old, man. We, we uh, were. We got, he's such a good dude. I can't wait for him to get back on the, uh, he's recovering from shoulder surgery. I can't wait yeah. to get back in the ring. I hope I bump into him again. Not in that shoulder, though. <laughs> so we were at Icons, the last one, and I was talking to his dad. And I'm like, yeah, we were supposed to have your boy here. And he's like, yeah, he's at home nursing that arm. I'm like, still a good dude. He's like, thank you. His father very humble. Congratulations to everything that he's got going for him now, too, as well. Oh, I love Sam. Sam's one of my dearest friends. Um, he's always taking very good care of me. He's always looked out for me. He's been a great mentor and role model. Um, and he's always been there. Even when I stepped away from the ring, Sam was always someone that would reach out to me and just check in on me make sure I was doing well. I can't express enough how much I appreciate and respect that man. Uh, yeah. He will always be special to me. I mean, another friend of mine uh, that we both know very well also trained up there. Ethan. Yeah. Ethan Essex trained up there. He's another good dude. Yeah, there's man, so many talented young men and women have come through the Wild School and Training Center. Um, and it's funny, like, I'll bump into people that I, even ones that I don't know, and it's immediately, you know, we're, we all know the same inside jokes. We all know the same stories. And it's immediately you realize it's like a family reunion. You're right. Uh, you know, you meet like third and fourth cousins you don't really know, but you know them, you know? Yeah. 
and it was funny. I ran into Lloyd at the last one, and I love he, he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I haven't seen you in 10 years. I'm like, well, I'm here at a table hanging out. He goes, cool, give me a hug. I'm like, all right, brother. Yeah, Lloyd is freaking awesome. L.A. Smooth. I know who that is. <laughs> he thinks like, like all... You look at me like, huh? No, I'm just looking at him because you get into that thing. It's like, oh, I have a bird story. I, I, I get nostalgic, kind of like last night. Last night was fun. I bet it was fun for you. But um, I do have a question once in a while. It's wrestling related. Um, Do you think wrestling should have background checks in wrestling? Background checks? Yeah, like to make sure that? there's no child molester, promoters, or... Oh, oh Like a police report. Yeah. 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 Like, I think the state should patrol that part, but... Like, when a promoter is going to get the promotional license for the show, do you think there should be a background check for that person running the show? Absolutely. For a promoter getting a state-issued uh, license, I think it's absolutely um, okay to, to require a background check. However, let me put a caveat on this, and I'm not a legal expert. This is just a personal <laughs> opinion. Yeah. It is very difficult for the promoter to know the histories of everybody in that locker room. Well, what if it's just the promoter? I think promote, I mean, definitely, you're getting it, especially if, you're, if it's a licensed state. Like, I know in New Jersey, there's not a license required, but in Pennsylvania, there is. And in that license requirement list, it would not be very difficult or out of line at all to require a background check. Typically, professional wrestling events draw the attention of a lot of children. We need to protect our children. If we don't do that, then there's no point in doing anything else that we're doing. No, I agree completely. Yeah. I, I, I gotta have date clearances to, to be an assistant coach on my nephew's little league team. I will do that with zero hesitation. It should be no further of an issue to get a promoter to do the same. Yeah, because I know um, Maryland does the whole back. Maryland is completely different. You have to do a state athletic test and everything else before every show. Should that be in every state and all the promoters and can look up something and go, okay, this wrestler has a license on that license? Well, no, like, that's kind of a, that's where you get kind of to be a, a personal policy type question. I'm a 10th Amendment guy. I'm a strong supporter of faith independent rights. Yeah. I think each state needs to determine, just like they have done, what is in the best interest of their state or commonwealth. Um, and I, you know, I don't think there should be a federal guideline. Let's be up. Let's be up. Are we going to go all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States with any kind of argument talking about the legalities and the, the way that professional wrestling events should be run. I mean, don't we have some bigger, more important issues there? Let's let the states deal with it where they know their communities and what's involved. You know, some states don't have any regulation whatsoever and that may work for them and other states are so ridiculously regulated you almost can't do anything. Okay. We'll yeah. navigate around it. We'll uh, navigate around it. I love but your opinion, As far as the background check, man, as far as the background check, all 50 states ought to be able to roll that one out with a little problem, huh? Yeah. Just, yeah. This is what's important. Yeah. Okay, let's get let's get into this this fun game. Okay. Um table five. Table five. Table five. Table five. So what the table of five is, you're the fifth, you're the fifth person. person, and you're going to pick four other people to sit at the table with you, whether have dinner, have a beer, do whatever. Who? Oh. So who we, would the other four people at the table be? Should we do a theme winner or just say the heck with it? Let's do a theme. Okay, what, what do you think? Theme, what kind of theme do you want to do? WXW? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Four other people at the table have to be from the Wild Samoan camp. Are we just going to sit down? Uh, are we just going to sit down and have a conversation, and I'm going to 
learned and we're going to hang out and tell stories. Uh, it's easy. It's a top 100% right there. Okay. Uh, Sam. You got to have Sam in there. Oh, yeah. Um, I would love to hear stories from the Hungarian barbarians. Um, I have not seen Sam in probably 20 years. I'm sure that, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but about 20 years ago, he terrorized the countryside. This man was bigger than Big Dick Dudley. They tagged together for a while. It's just incredible. Um, I would love to hear stories from him. Um, I get to hear stories from this guy a lot, but I'd love to have him at the table, and that'd be Big Jack Molson, Moondog Molson. Um, and who would I want to pick the fifth one? Because it's got to be a toss-up between either Lance, Lloyd, or, or Alpha Junior. Um, you know what? Misty. I love all three of them, but Misty. Misty's funny as hell. Oh, Gene? If you go into yeah, a oh, locker yeah. room and you see Gene Smithy, I guarantee you him and every person within the 20-foot radius of that man are going to be smiling, laughing, and having a good time. He has the most infectious positive personality I've ever met. Every time I see Gene in the locker room, I feel better about with, with as big him. big as he is, he's a freaking teddy bear. Every single oh time I've talked yeah. to him, like I saw him in Hamburg last year. He's like, yo, brother, what's going on? And I went to shake his hand. He's like, no, 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 no. We don't shake. Come on. Come on. I'm like, awesome. I love Gene. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. Been, he's great. Uh, he's just a great dude. He's so fantastic. I love that he got an opportunity to, to tell some stories on a grand page and kind of cement himself in the wrestling history. Um, yeah, got to be, Gene's got to be number five on that. Yeah, but it wasn't his fault, so. It definitely was not <laughs> his fault. But that punt was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that punt. <laughs> oh. But I saw him at a con in Atlantic City, and he just looked completely different. It was before he even showed people that he lost the weight and grew the hair and grew the beard. And I'm like, wow, dude, last time I saw you, you were bald. He's like, yeah, and fat. He said that. But no, good dude. I remember about about 10 years ago, Alpha Jr. and Gene had a tear through the uh, through the region in a little feud, and they went wild. That was like some Paul's Town Anywhere craziness. Uh, if you can find any of that footage, that's always a good because they were both uh, they were both just coming off of the WWE run and it was just hot and heavy it was a good time um, I remember that fondly I got to be on the undercard coming up yeah Alright, so let's move on to another question. Um, so I can't really say geek out moment because for me, if I was up there just hanging out and listening to those stories, I, I would definitely geek out. Especially if I would listen to uh, um, Senior. You know, it would be really cool. But have you ever had a geek out moment? Oh, me or? No, him. Oh. I can't say that because... Everybody has a geek out moment. Yeah, you did when you saw the Barbarian. So, yeah, have you ever had a geek out moment? I'm trying to think if I ever really had a geek out moment. Um, the way I was brought up, I, I was never really super impressed by people to like go crazy celebs. Um, I've had some really awesome opportunities to meet people, um, but never really like a full-blown geek out, starstruck type thing. And I guess being involved with wrestling at such a young age, I started coming around the Wildstone Training Center in WXW. I was only like 15 or 15 years old, you know, I was a kid. And constantly, just randomly bumping into people in that building in Hazleton, like, I, I was walking around upstairs and I just bumped into Jimmy Smithle one day. Didn't even know he was there. His son was there. Mm. Um, Gary Albright, I got to meet him um, from Japan. Wow. Um, There's a name. A lot of people don't know that name. I do. Incredible talent. Um, Pops always had people coming and going and even some of like the big shows where they'd have like tons of talent come in. Uh, 
uh, you know, I, I got I got to meet Eddie. Um, I got to meet Chris Jericho. I got to meet Sushi. I've met Sushi so many times and talked to Sushi so many times, of course, because, you know, family. Um, so many guys have come and gone, but I've never really had, like, a big geek out going that moment, yeah. you know? I can remember years ago. I don't I don't know um, if anybody else would remember. But they did a big birthday celebration up at WXW for Alpha. And Taker showed up. And a few other guys who were on the active roster at that time showed up for that show to pay a good happy birthday to Alpha. So that would have been a cool show for me to go to. Everybody loves Pops and everybody respects Pops and there's a good reason for it. You know, um, The man is just so wise and has done so much and provided opportunity to so many people. You know, it, it's not just what these guys have done in the ring and what they've done as far as the history books will show or the record books or right. you know, the weight that that's worth. But the opportunities they've provided for continuing generations to come up and live these dreams out and do it safely and successfully, um, you can't put a price tag on that. No, no, no. The tuition cost, like, what they've done is remarkable. Like, you can't go to any show in the area or in the the tri-state between Maryland on up to New York without somebody on that show who was trained at the WXW Dojo or with the last name Anawahi. Yeah, and and there's different places, you know, the the kids have gone in different directions. You can train with Alpha Junior now. Uh, Sam's working with the Combat Zone School now. Jacob. Um, Yeah, and then it's all across the country because then you've got Kishi's side of the family over on the West Coast Mm -hmm. and and there's the same exact way. Down in Florida where Pops is now, everywhere you go, you're going to run into someone who's been directly or indirectly influenced by the Anawati family and for the better. And it's awesome to be a part of that family, to have to say that those were the people that brought me into wrestling. I I know that from day one, I was in business. Like, if you go back, there, I've been watching the show Young Rock, his little TV show, and they're talking about how WXW and Bristol and Allentown, that whole area, and it's just really cool to get some sort of nostalgia with the family on TV about it that's not pretty much wrestling related. So it, It's great that they're now a piece of pop culture like that, you know, beyond oh, yeah. just wrestling. Exactly what you said, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I was enjoying this whole conversation <laughs> about everything, so I was like, in a different world right there. I'm like, this is I, I mean, I, cool. I guess it's good to be involved in the wrestling business as well. And he puts a smirk on his face thinking he's uh, so Hey, cool. come on. <laughs> I, I, I walk in the back of the locker room and like, hey, you're, yeah, what are you doing here? I'm on the show. Oh my Gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> they put a keener on a show. One of that's the other thing. You can't walk into a building without a keener being in the building anyway. So, do you Jordan? have any best advice that you've been given? The best advice that I've given, um, yeah, there's a couple of them. Because um, I've been around some pretty brilliant people and some people that were wisened up by making mistakes, too. Um, Pops always told us to be careful whose toes you step on because they may be connected to the ass you have to take them off. And that was always, that always stuck out to me. You know, we picked that one up at like 15, 16 years old and have that one carry through. Let me tell you how many times that's dealt me out of some trouble before it even started. Um, stay humble. Keep your eyes open and your ears open and your mouth shut. That's a good, huge, huge one. Um, yeah, that's the one I hear all the time. Yes. Listen. Listen. Yep, listen. The, as far as in-ring, the best advice and it's the advice I give to every single kid that asks me um, what I think about their matches. Slow down. Less is more. Make yeah, it matter. Yeah. Make it mean something. Feel the crowd. I mean, I, I, I'm friends with a guy named Gemini. Um, he was in a tag team back then called the Himalaya Players. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm familiar. Right. And we were doing a meeting the one day and Charles was like, less is more. You could do the same goddamn match four different times in four different buildings and it'll be the same match and nobody will know any different. But yeah, you're having fun doing it. My favorite, my, my, my hero, Mr. Rulala, always says less is more. Don't be 12. It, it's amazing how 
everybody that has been doing this for a long time will say the same thing to everyone that's breaking in. Mm -hmm. right? It's just a cycle. And, and all of us, that as we're breaking in, we want to do more and more and more and more and more. We want to empty the tanks every time we go out there. You know, we want to put our WrestleMania main events every match. But realistically, less and more, you make it, you know, you make a bigger impact by doing what you do, doing it well, than just like cramming a bunch of shit in there, you know? Right. People ask me about, um, hey, you got any advice? doing a podcast and I always say don't do it but uh <laughs> I mean there's so many goddamn podcasts out there anymore and even funny but I always say um be different do you and don't don't follow everybody else everybody does the same thing over and over again right I, I don't different. know who started saying this recently but I picked, a, picked it up from several guys on the uh, Portland on the Indies and I know it came from one of the agents somewhere but be undeniable yeah there is such a hit talent pool right now some of the most athletically gifted individuals that I've ever seen in professional wrestling or in the game right now. So you have to stick out. Just because you're a good professional wrestler does not mean you're going to get an opportunity because there's just as many bitter people out there because of that. You've got to find a way to make it undeniable that you deserve that box. If your wrestling is great, find something else that needs to be greater. Maybe you need to work on your promo work. Maybe you need to work on your entrance or your presentation. Maybe you just need to tweak your character a little bit. Find something that you can improve on because you have to be undeniable or you'll just get lost in a sea of a bunch of other really good professional wrestlers. So there's this former football player of the Philadelphia Eagles named John Dornboss. John Dornboss said that as much as we do, we can always do more. So you keep going and even though you think you're done, you're not. There's still more to do. Go ahead, Brian. So just to go back to where you guys were saying there's so many podcasts out there. There's so many other stuff for professional wrestling, but everybody's doing the same thing. It's like everybody's doing inside the box. And the best way to be different is think outside that box. So be like Taco Bell? Well, no. I mean, just think about it. You know, what, what are they doing? And just do something different, you know? So think outside the bun. Exactly. Are you talking McDonald's now? No, Taco Bell's old um, old tagline was think outside the bun. Huh. Yeah. I remember that. Right, see, he remembers that. You know, find what's you. Find what is you. What is absolutely, completely, 100% comfortable and natural for you. Figure out what you do differently than everybody else. Capitalize that. Right. Amplify it. Make that what stands out. He'll continue to be a good podcast. But instead of just being a wrestling podcast, now you're in Philadelphia area independent wrestling podcast. You know, you find some niche. And I mean, we live in a world where every piece of media is consumable in an instant on demand, right? So right. it used to be you'd go to a wrestling show and you'd get the Whitman's assortment of 32 different flavors of chocolate. You'd get a little bit of everything. Well, now, because you can hop on IWTV or Fight and look for a deathmatch show, or a lucha show or an old or school a, show a, a, yeah an old school American style show you can go to these places find exactly what you're looking for dial down on what you're good at because right. the audience is global and they will find you do D what you love and let people come find you where you're at right hey DB did you ever see the movie Fighting With My Family the, the Page movie when they when they went to meet The Rock the first time the brother goes oh my god I love you I, I want to be you I want to do everything just like you Rock goes don't be the next me be the first you. So, I'll do me. And I think that's what people 
people tend to like our show because we're not like another podcast. We're the first us, so to speak. So that's why I say that. So we do other things like when spring starts, I'm going to be back up and do my YouTube stuff, doing hacky sack challenges or play Simon or we any kid games. game that we can think of. And whoever wins does a little promo at right. I mean, something I mean, fun. We, we played Hot Potato with the crew from PPW. Yeah. <laughs> See, he laughed about that. We yeah. did Hot Potato <laughs> with Black Cheese. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It was, yeah, it was Hot Potato with Black Cheese and Deshaun Pratt. Yes. And I was thinking Black Cheese will say no. But no, I but didn't. that was cool who came in at the end. Yeah. We're so, not going to talk about that. So that that's what we want to be different. You know, people do, like, hot challenges and stuff like that. I want to play games that we played when we were kids. Like Red Light, Green Light. I mean, can, can we, I want to get a Bop It. That's what I want. Yeah. I want somebody to play Bop It or bop Skip It. it. Oh, skip yeah. It. There you go. Something. Yeah, dude. We have Just fun. have fun with it. Connect Four. Like, I think I think as a culture, especially in this country, we've spent the last 20 years trying to chase down and paint an ideal picture of what you're supposed to be, you know, what the Graham looks like, what the Facebook looks like, right? Just go be happy. Everybody's stressed, depressed, and miserable. So do stuff that's going to make you happy as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Just go be happy and do the hell with the consequences. If people like watching it, they like watching it. If they want to join with me, if you don't want to share it with anybody, you don't have I, You know, I love the direction things are starting to shift because I think people are starting to get tired of trying to be perfect all the time, realizing that nobody is. You know? Right. Maybe that's that's just my observation on I it. I mean, there was only but, one yeah. perfect, so. Yeah. So if you want to go out to the park and film yourself doing skip it and block it, fuck yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear or not, but no, do it. No, you're fucking fine. You can say whatever the fuck do you it, want. Do it, you know? Do it. Go be happy, you know? I, I personally spent way too much time trying to be perfect and not trying to be happy and going, wow, that was a miserable fucking existence. Like, put, put the video games down and get outside and let's do some stuff. You know, capture the flag so damn fun. Oh my gosh, capture so, I'm going to be 39 years old on Tuesday. I would still go out there and play that. But how long weekends I still go out and rest? You're just you a know. kid, kid. I'm still a kid. I just, this kid broke in. This is a smart green kid, by the way. We had a second match. He came up to me, you know, everyone knew it was my birthday on Tuesday. And they're like, well, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. He goes, how, he goes, how old are you going to be? 28? And I was like, I like you, kid. You can stick around. You, no, I'm going to be you can 39, say. man. Yeah, you can say. You know, but there's no sense living a life that you don't love living. No. And that, you know, there's just none. If you can't enjoy this life, there's no sense worrying about what happens in the next one. You got this one to live. Enjoy it. Do good shit. Have fun. No. Well, no, I, I completely agree because, and DB hears me say this all the time, from the month of September to November, I am a kid. I, I put the makeup on and I go out and I act and I have fun and scare the living hell out of people. He doesn't scare me at all. I didn't say you. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> One of my best friends is a tattoo artist, and when he had a shop up here in Pennsylvania, he's down in Orlando now. I get a shop up here in Pennsylvania. He used to host what was called a zombie crawl, and everybody gets dressed up and painted to look like zombies, and we would just bar hop to this little college town of Bloomsburg that I lived in. And we would get 40 or 50 people to come out dressed up like idiots with face paint on and go to bars. It's fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever Fantastic. heard of it. 
Um, you ever hear the Bates Motel on Haunted Hayride? I've been on Haunted Hayride, but I haven't heard of that. Okay, well, it's one of the bigger ones up in the Philadelphia area. It's well known. We've been on the Travel Channel. We've been all over the place. I've been doing it for about 12, not, almost 10 years, and I enjoy every minute of it. Here's extra money for Christmas. Here's one fact about this um, Bates Motel. They scared the cast of Walking Dead. Yes. So oh, they, awesome. they came through, and and we filmed movies there and everything else. We did a movie called um, The Bates Haunting, and the Blue Meanie was in the movie. So he was in it. And if you remember a TV show called Salute Your Shorts. Yes. The yes, guy who played Donkey Lips. Yes. The guy who played Donkey Lips was also in the movie. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's yeah. Fantastic. Do we, do you remember the song? Camp on a wall. We hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you, it makes you me want to You make me want to fart. Of course I know the song. That is great. This is the first time we got somebody to sing it. So the guy who said that line in the movie also has a band. Does he? And he was in Terminator 2. Yeah. He played the best friend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do let's do this question right here. This is one of my new questions we started doing this year. Oh. Three matches of all time, your favorite. And then three matches of your matches that you've done, your favorite, that you have worked on. Okay. Right. Okay. So three matches that are your favorite, and then three matches that you were in that are your favorite. All right, so I'm not really good at permanently picking favorite match. So what I'll do is I'll give you my three favorite matches right now. Okay. okay. Is that fair? Is yeah, that's great. Because if, if I have to think all time like I've ever seen, like I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes and overanalyze everything. Yeah. But right now, I'll, I can tell you I saw a match with Kevin Keen and um, Dave Matt. Um, I don't remember what promotion. I'm sorry. I'm just going to pop my head here. It was it was not the craziest match in the world, but it was a fun match. Kevin seems and he only does his run his mouth the entire. Yeah. And it was like a whole bunch of big guy, big guy, shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, cannonballs, avalanches. Literally what I just did last night uh, with Isaac Rule. Um, you guys are PPW guys. I think you might know him. Uh, that that's definitely one of the top three. The other one, and this one actually, when it came out and I saw it, it made me re fall in love with wrestling because I was going through like a hiccup. Because you know, everybody does that. Mm-hmm. It was Joe Coffey and um, Stephen Regal's kid, Charlie Dempsey, on NXT. Ooh. Right? Let me tell you a little bit about because Dempsey comes out and he's got mismatch on some boots. And I, 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 I don't have Peacock, so I was, I wasn't upbeat on what was going on with NXT UK. Um, I, you know, I, of course I knew who Joe Coffey was. I didn't really know much about Dempsey. Right? So I'm like, all right, this is the opening match on the show. It's going to be like a minute and a half little little flash. This it doesn't even look like he's dressed right. You know, like, I'm just sitting there and I'm watching it. I'm like, this has got the most real fight feel I think I've seen in a long time. And then it went on to do like a 15 minute banger of a match. And I've, I've rewatched so many times now just because it, it hooked me. We'll you know, and it's it been a while since I've been hooked into a match. Like, I went from different points going like, because some of the stuff is like, I don't want to say borderline sloppy, but like it looked more real fight feel. It's borderline sloppy. Like, it doesn't look so clean and crisp but it was so brilliantly put together it's like either this match went sideways right away or this match is just so brilliant because this has got the presentation of a real fight and it's by the way spoiler alert it's brilliant that's what it is the finish was fantastic I won't spoil that um, it told some great storytelling the progress story I, I just thoroughly love that match now I'm going to go watch it again on, on NXT um, UK NXT UK yeah it's um, recent it's only it. from like a month or two ago um, and then I guess the other one, Walter and Ilya. 
That match was brutal. I loved every second of it. I mean, Walter's chops. Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. It's like music to my ears. I love hearing it. I mean, I can see him and Dan Math in a chopping contest. <laughs> One of them's liable to shit something. Oh, you heard about that story, right? <laughs> so, Dan, you know Dan Math, right? So Dan Moff? Yeah. yeah, Dan Moff. Dan Moff is in a match with Brian Pillman Jr., and he chopped Brian Pillman Jr. so hard that he soiled himself. Oh, that's fantastic, and completely believable. Oh, yeah, and then we were I love, a, I love Danny. I love Danny oh, yeah, Dan's so great. much. And, we, and he's like, like, you know the Kung Fu master that would be able to hit you in three spots to make you shit yourself? Yeah. I guarantee Danny Moff knows the one spot on human anatomy to tap you ever so gently like he does and make you shit yourself. I believe it, 100%. It's one reason you need to bring more pairs of um, pants if you... Yeah, bring more gear. More gear when you're wrestling. You know, and it was Danny funny Moff, Danny Moff's a lot like Gene Kinsky, and then every time I'm in a locker room and he's there, I know I'm going to be smiling all day because he's going to be nothing but be Danny Moff and make me happy. Right. He was, um, we, where were we? We were up in North Jersey, and we ran into Dan, and we were talking about that story, and he laughed. And he walked away. And he walked away, and that was it. I'm like, uh, okay? So it was funny. He will neither confirm nor deny the legitimacy right. of that story. <laughs> oh, I got stories from everybody from that night. <laughs> Wasn't Drew at that show? Drew was at that yeah. show. Frankie was at that show. Um, Picard. Um, Shane Fair was in the crowd. Um, I was in the crowd. This was. Um, oh, was that show you were there? That was uh, pro wrestling magic. The snow show. The snow show. Yes. This driving home in the snowstorm was amazing. Don't we have three more matches at his? Yeah. So three matches that are your favorite that you were involved in. All right. Um, you know how you said you could have the same match in fourteen different towns and everything, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I did that. Um, I was in a tag team called BYOB about 10 years ago, and we did a feud with the Escobar. And we did the same, like every time WXW went to a new town, we were one of the house show matches you were going to get. And we did the same match or pretty dang close to the same match at least 14 or 15 times. And it worked every time. Every time we had the crowd. Um, I can still call that match to this day. I saw the extra guys on the show I was on last night. We were laughing about it because the kids that they were working. I was like, are you taking some more match? You know, so that's definitely one of them, um, the opportunities that that match brought, and just how many times he's done it, and, you know, like I said, I could still do it ten years later. Um, there's a lot of them that I would throw in there for about my third favorite match. Um, I'll just do a lump sum and say, anytime I can have a hot fight, a one-on-one hot fight, two big guys go at it, I- I'm always on board. That's that's my bread and butter. Two large human beings running into each other like demolition derby parts. That's like the epitome of what I do. Um, so I prefer matches like that. But my absolute favorite match of mine, and I don't even have to think twice about this one. Um, it was in 2012 at WSW in Allentown. It was me and Joe Gomez in a dog collar match, and Joe was bringing the entire crowd at the point. Like, it was a very Puerto Rican community. He was a Puerto Rican guy that was being built up to a champion. He was bringing the whole community in, mm. and I was with uh, Supremely Great, and the dynamic sensation was the culture of curriculum. We were the undercard bullies. The whole thing was that I was just squashing these small, tiny kids and we were being assholes about it. And he was supposed to be the guy to, stand, you know, the anti-bully, stand up to these guys. You know, so I came out first, got all my booze because they hated us, and then when Joe came out, I couldn't hear that's how loud it was. You know, all the hair on my arms stood straight up. I was like, oh shit, we're doing pretty cool. This is cool as shit. Let me tell you why it's my favorite though, real quick. Let me yeah. tell you why it's my absolute favorite. Joe doesn't speak very much English, and I 
be even less in. Mm. So we couldn't really call much. So this was just straight up, go out there, feel it, and fly. And it was my first real taste of doing that, like on a on a large scale, and um, changed my life. Favorite match, hands down. If Joe if Joe called anything in the ring, we couldn't have heard each other and wouldn't have understood each other anyway. So like the few things we did have, you know, uh, to talk about in the back, we had to have Lloyd interpret for us. Mm. You know, I'll give props to Lloyd again. It was just feeling flat. So yeah, easily my number one. Match. So there's been. T- Times where I've wrapped a match to one night and I see that the same two people are on the next show doing the same thing and I got that match. I'm like, same as last night? And they're like, yep. I'm like, all right, see you out there. Bye. Yep. It'll be the same finish. It'll be the same thing and the same match. Won't have to go over anything. I can go eat. We're good. It, it's great because, and it's, you know, it kind of harkens back to the pre-internet era. Like, that's where the idea of it really comes from because you could go out and have the same match in 50 different towns and, and almost be on cruise control for it. Right. Whereas now, with with everybody streaming everything, you know, everybody's match YouTube a week or two after the show. Yeah. Um, it's harder to do that because now people can dial in. Yeah. So you can still do it, but it's just, it, it, you got, now you have to find something to change up because, you know, you'll be, otherwise you're just going to be at close. The whole thing is close. So it, it's, a, it's a product of a bygone era that, you know, luckily I was around for the transition for. You, you ready to say something? About? You're like, oh, I got something, and then you no, God. Okay. I, I said what I had to say. Okay, just want to make sure. Moving right along. What is the pet peeve in the business? What is the your number one pet peeve in the business? Yeah, see, that's the, oh, shit, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm trying to figure out which one. Um, My number one pet peeve. I'll tell you mine right um, yeah, t- t- Tell me, get me started. If you get me started okay, on the I'll, pirate, get started. I'll probably roll. So yeah. one of my pet peeves is if somebody gets, like, does a big move and the referee doesn't make it look, check on the wrestler. So, no reaction, no, reaction, no type no, of thing. No going yeah. over and making sure the wrestler So okay. make sure the referee knows their shit, pretty yes. much. And not the Dan Mouse shit. The, like, <laughs> if a wrestler does a high move, the referee needs to make sure the dude's okay. Right. Or like when the referee hears a and he stands there. And just stands And there. no reaction. Like, I, I learned from a lot of referees, John Finnegan, my brother Mike, and a few other refs, and you always gotta react. Like, if it's a body slam and it looked like it hurt, react make it look like it hurt. My pet peeve is the reaction. I, I see refs now and they don't react. And and, um, and then, then if you're yeah, taking a bump, right, and if the ref's taking a bump, sell it if you're coming back out for the next match. Like, I took a bump last week at a show and I had one of the match and and I came out and I was selling that I hurt my shoulder. And then I, I did another show um, and the ref no-sold the next match. Looked like it was perfectly fine. And I'm like, why? So, alright, there's a pet peeve of mine. There we go. On the topic of ref up, okay. First of all, let me say this to all of my safety official friends out there, of which I know there are some in your conversation here. Yep. Um, there is a difference from a from a wrestler performer worker standpoint of having a good rapper who's a not as experienced, not as talented, not as good, <laughs> not sorry, as educated ref, right? You know, like I'm not trying to shit on anybody here. I want to. That's why I'm trying to be very careful about the words I use because I ain't trying to shit on anybody. But as as a worker, the first thing I do when I get to a venue. Who are my reps? 
I want to know because if I have if there's a good rest and a not so good rest, brother, I'm spending all my political points trying to get the good rest for my match because that can make or break everything. Right. If not, I have, not to interrupt you, there's been shows that I've been on and people will see me and go, "Are you reffing? You reffing tonight? Okay, good. You got my match yep. because I saw who the other ref is and fuck that. You got my match. Matt Durline. <laughs> Matt Durline. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not as active as he used to be. If he is on a show, I will spend every political point I have or think I might have to try to get him as my referee because I know I'm in good hands. Um, on the topic of ref, now I, I've been in the creative, I've been on the uh, booking teams and the promoter teams. I hate when guys have to rely on a ref on like a plot device. So I always go back to what John Trotsky uh, from the Gray always says, which is if you want a ref bump, you need to explain to me why and why you can't do anything else. Why does it have to be a ref? Because here's the thing, most shows don't have a lot of refs. Right? A lot of times you're lucky to get one. Or two. Two is, yeah, two is an absolute price. You know, I've worked so many shows that there's one ref on my Why are we going to bump a ref in anything other than the main event? Why is the ref, if we're putting out the image of these monstrous fighting machines, these video game characters come to real life, if we're going to put them in the ring against each other and somebody hits a referee, the referee not coming out again for the rest of the night helps out the effect of that just barely grazed shot and it helps build that superhuman fictitious bravado behind these characters. So if we're going to have a ref bump, I don't want to see that ref come out again the rest of the night. Now, I'm also, you know, probably on the extreme side of things with that, but that's one of my pet peeves. Um, as we were sitting here talking, I think I figured out my number one pet peeve. Um, my number one pet peeve is the guys in the locker room that talk about how much they hate the business. Oh, <laughs> then um, why are you I, in it? I walked out of, I was, I stopped at a show that some friends were on. Um, I did an afternoon show. I stopped cross town and an evening show just to say hi to some friends, help put some chairs up, you know, just be a good, you know, member of the wrestling community in, in, in my neighborhood here. And I was in the locker room and the guys are all shitting on how much they hate the business and hate wrestling. And uh, every time I wake up on show day, I, I want to call off quit to everybody if they want to quit. But yet you if still you, show up. If you don't want to be here, quit. And if you're here, shut the fuck up about it. There are too many kids who are nerved out just trying to break in. They feel absolutely love. Don't ruin it for them. Right. Let them know the story. Yeah. Stop ruining this for kids before they get started. I can't tell you how many guys I know who are under the age of 25 who are already bitter, old, angry wrestling guys just because they've been around bitter, old fuck that ruin everything. And even personally, like, I know if I'm in a cyclone of negativity like that, I'll get stuff in, you know, and then I'll start thinking about the things that bother me. I'd rather not. I'd rather focus on the things I love because I do, I do wrestling. Obviously, guys, we're not doing it for the money, mm. you know. We're doing it because we love this. Yeah. So why don't we act like, you know, the global we? Why don't we act like it? You know, you hop on Facebook and you see everybody bitching about, you see promoters bitching about other promoters, workers bitching about other workers, workers bitching about promoters. You see more of that on people's Facebook than you do seeing guys post their matches, talk about their upcoming show, promoting what they've got going on. So what the general public sees in is that wrestlers that do this hate, so why the fuck are they going to want to come watch? Right. We're terrible PR for ourselves because we feel the need to hop on the social media uh, universe and yell into the angry void about every 
everything that this believes in us. Man, go out there and show people what you love. You want to see social media done right? Go look at Mikey Ball Bailey's uh, Twitter, where it's nothing but appreciation, love, and respect for uh, his promoters, his opponents, his fans. You can tell this guy gives a shit and loves what he's doing. You go look at those guys that are stuck on the local shindies that can't break out, and you'll see Mizzen. You start to correlate things there. Do what right. you enjoy doing and enjoy doing what you do, or don't do it. No. Like, there's plenty of companies that I don't like the promoter, and I won't say it in front of them, but I'll walk up, shake their hand, thank you for having me, and let's have some fun tonight and go mm-hmm. about the show. Just because I don't like you doesn't mean I'm not going to work for you. Called the business for a reason. Right. I, I, had like to get, I had to get you back into that role to be like, I don't like him. I was like, dude, I don't like him either, but... But there's other people on that show, on that company, that I'm friends with. Just because I don't like him doesn't mean I don't... That doesn't mean there's not other people on that show that I'm not good with. I saw something yeah. new... I saw something the other day on Facebook. A guy goes, I haven't won a match. I was like, who cares? So? It's all about getting the other get guy over. You know like, I mean? like, there's a guy that I know who wants to ref, wants to learn and everything else. And I'm like, come to a show. Show up. It's like, I don't know if I can. Like, like, one of my friends last night wanted to show up and help and rent. I'm like, okay, come. Get over here. Come train with me. Come work out for a little bit. And he's like, nah, I don't think I'm coming. Then don't tell me that you want to work and you want a job if you're not going to come and put the effort in. You get two. You get two with me. You get two. I, I want to without follow through before I don't take you seriously anymore and I put your messages on a door. Because right. I've had so much of my time wasted by people that want to do this. my dream. It's my passion. I love this. You know, be about wrestling or music or um, I mean, any. I'll give you two. If you come to me twice, tell me you want to do it and blow off opportunities. I don't hate you. I don't dislike you. I'm just not going to entertain your nonsense anymore. I'm no. not my own nonsense to entertain. Yeah, I got my own bullshit I got to deal with. Yeah, he has to deal with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the, the guy I wanted to show up there saying for the show I was on and he's like, well, do they need me? I'm like, don't talk to me. Talk to the promoter. I'm just a ref. I don't run that. And There's I, another pet that's another pet peeve. Guys that won't directly message a promoter. I'm friends with quite a few promoters. I'm, I, I like to think that I'm friends with people on all sides of the spectrum of the business. I don't understand why someone can send me a message to ask me to send somebody else a message to help try to get them booked up. Why don't we message them directly? Right. Why can't we all be adults here and take care of our business like adults? Same deal with don't come to me with your seat with so-and-so because he parked in your parking space you know, or whatever. You know, um, I, I can't use the normal analogies I would from like the late 90s, early 2000s to like, you know, I don't get in trouble. So like, yeah, if someone takes your parking space or someone, you know, bootstraps your comment on Facebook. I don't care about your heat. I don't care. I don't care. You got a problem with them? Go to them. Don't come to me and ask me to go to them. I don't want to. I, I don't. That's a pet peeve with middleman and wrestling. And, and it's terrible here. It's so terrible, is it not? Oh, yeah. Like, I will talk to other workers and go, hey, do you, do you know if they need uh, another ref? for tomorrow night? He's like, oh no, text Ryan or text Pat or text whoever the promoter is. Sure, I'll text him. And they never get back to me usually. I have to text them three times. And then I show up the show and they go, well, why didn't you text me? Like, because you didn't answer me. <laughs> you know, and then there you are doing extra work for nothing. Right. Like, I... I Texted Danny Cage. I'm like, hey, do you know the ref for tomorrow night? No, we're good. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to come hang out anyway. Cool, see you at the show. 
You know, I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll go and hang out. Like, I, I'm working for Super Crazy. I'll go and hang out if I'm not on it. I'll still go and hang out because I've known O-Dog for 20 years. I'll still, you if, know, if I'm know. not on it, I pay the ticket. I go hang out. I make critique matches and everything else and talk to the worker at the end. And they'll go, thank you. What can I do to change it? Well, O-Dog loves us anyway. Right. Oh, sure. yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there uh, March 12th, 12 p.m. Some of the best, some of the best opportunities come on shows that you're not booked on. Right. Like, you know, I, I wasn't even I wasn't even booked for Super Crazy. He's like, "Hey, you got your gear? Yeah, go in the back." Yep. All right. I was always mm -hmm. I was always told by my brother, and, and you know my brother Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, Mike always told me whether you're on the show or not, always have your shit on you. Always have your gear. You never right. know what's gonna happen. And even if something doesn't happen that day, being there may spark either that promoter or another promoter that's there into an idea for you. And right. I've, I've had that happen. And I've seen that happen so many times. The guys come to the sanctuary up here in Hazleton, and you know they'll be like, "Hey, you know." Is there room on the show? It's like, it's just show up. It's a sanctuary. Just show up. And even if we don't have something for you on this one, get a chance to sit down and, and talk to some of the people that come through here. We'll figure something out for you. Right, yeah. We we saw John at the Hamburg Con, and he, I was talking to him. He's like, yeah, come on through. We'll see what we can do. I'm like, my only issue is Hazleton's, what, three hours away? Two hours away from where we are? So, like an hour and a half, two hours from Philly. Yeah. yeah, that's the only issue. So the only issue is the drive. But... John's like, come out one night. Like, all right. He's, he's very, like, the sanctuary is the perfect name for it. It's very all-inclusive. He wants everyone to have an opportunity to learn and to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a unique place. Um, for me, it, I'm lucky. It's the closest place is a ring to my house. 40 minutes. So that's where I train. It. That's where I get to do, uh, you know, all the hard work. At. Yeah, that's like super crazy. It's 20 minutes from my house. Yeah. That's why we go there. So, um, but I, I can tell you, like, beyond just that home I love this place because it's home type mentality. Um, there is something special about Sanctuary and how John puts his final presentation together. And um, I just think it's, it's pretty unique. It's pretty cool. And that's my favorite thing about wrestling right now is there's so many different things happening that I can honestly say 20 years ago, we would have been like, that'll never happen. You know, yeah. it's just the world's completely different. The wrestling world's completely different. And I, I feel like it's for the better. Right. That little buddy trailed on that one. Sorry about that. That's all right. No. Uh, you're fine. So, do you feel that a lot of the work and the wrestlers put in are, are alleviating from that how do we get there type thing? Like, they're doing the matches without how do we get there? Without the storyline. Like, going back to, what was it, WrestleMania 10 with uh, Sean and Razor. Like, they did a build-up for it. Do you think wrestling doesn't have the build-up anymore? I think it, it depends on which world of wrestling you're looking at. You know, I think we can all agree that AEW and WWE are two completely different products different audience, right? Right. right. Um, I don't see the big long-term build-up for either of those companies. So then when I pivot, I look at some of like the larger third-tier level companies like an Impact and an NWA. Ring um, of Honor. G Ring of Honor, GCW, you know, stuff MCW. like that. MCW. Yeah. Um, you start looking at those and you're going, okay, what storytelling do you have going on here? But they don't have the volume show. And even really to an extent, AEW and WWE aren't running a volume of shows either. You know, you don't have the big house shows for it's like you used to. Where, right. like, if, if you're running a program with you guys, you could be running that at house shows all across country and the continuing that, that build-up and buzz even beyond what's on TV. So when you get the promotions that are running only once a month, some of these ones that are streaming on IWTV and airing there, they're only running like every other or every three months. You know, it's harder to tell a story without as many opportunities.
community tell that. Right, so there's not the Raws and Superstars and SmackDown and NXT and all the other shows where you can actually do the build-up for the match, the promo, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I was, and, uh, I was at a Titan Goddesses show, and I, the whole night I talked to Johnny Moran the whole time, and like I, I remember the last show the women's had, so I was like, yeah, I think Christine Marie should have gone over in the in the stage match, blah, 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 this and that, and he goes, oh, right. I remember that. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. This is what I will do if I was running a show. I would make Christine win. It was it was it was fun like trying to pick things apart and I do that too much. Yeah, she's a little powerhouse. Christina Marie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's a she's a feisty one. <laughs> she's a yeah, feisty she's, one. She's cool though. Um you know, it, yeah, it's difficult. Let me tell you what else. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor back in what, two thousand two is when that really kicked yeah, off? When Feinstein was running it was Feinstein and um Doug Gentry. Yeah, yeah when rest. it like initially kicked off. What that did was it ushered in this uh supercard book. Spot, right? So, like, we had been so accustomed to television, televised, weekly syndicated television, whatever, uh, booking, and, and that's the way that uh, the WWE and WCW and ECW even, they were run on this, like, idea that it's, it's this progressive weekly storyline soap opera type theme, right? So, Ring of Honor comes along, but Ring of Honor, when they first started popping those shows up, that wasn't the format. The format was super card booking. Let's find the hottest guys from across the world that aren't signed to major contract and let's give people dream that and it works it's essentially what boxing promoters and, and mma promoters do it's literally shifting from we're telling uh kid stories to we're replicating an mma program which really is closer to the you know the fight if you stay close to the fight game you're staying true to the idea of, of the art of the word fight yeah so then stories became less about brian pillman breaking into someone's house <laughs> and and more about you know it'd be a banger of a fight, you know, uh, uh, Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, and that became how you sell it. Two people that have never worked each other that may have a little bit of history. So that, that episodic storytelling, that soap opera storytelling, it has definitely subsided. And I think right. the public the public interest has also changed, too, because while we are um, elder, uh, I don't want to say elder, but, you know, we've been around this wrestling game for yeah, several I've been around for a long. And, you know, like, we're used to it being the way that the world was when we were there, but the way the world is now right. is a different so, world. You were talking about how people, the matches, you don't see it all. So there's a company called IWA Vintage. March 19th is doing a match between Blackout and Riot City, which I don't think has ever happened before. So getting back to that old school mentality, which is pretty cool. So we're, one more question. One more question. Are you ready for this, one? this final is, question? This is the final question. Fire Away. We Fire need away. Do, 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 do. The final question? So the final <laughs> countdown? Okay, what were you saying? No, he said it's all right. Oh, okay. You kept on talking. No, I'm sorry. Cue the music. <laughs> oh, that one? Yes. You want to do that one to finish? Finish the whole show off. You need to keep that open. Why? Write everything down. We're fine. You By the way, my uh, my song for the final question, I would have used the Unsolved Mysteries theme. If you want my unsolicited opinion. Oh my gosh. Look at their face. They look like um, Mac yeah, and I'm me gonna when they're going, um, Whee! I'm going to wear one of those khaki trench coats for the final question. and <laughs> Because that's what Robert Stack wore in the... So this is the final question. This is a little thing we call the five questions of doom. Did it all wrong. Do it again. Do it again? Yeah. Okay. You want, you want the original? Yes, the original. Okay. 
One more time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the five questions of doom. So, five questions of doom is non-wrestling related questions that we have right. here. So, I'm going to pull up the first one. Question number one. You know how much we love the chipmunks. Who do you like better, Alvin, Simon, or Theodore? Do, 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 do. Which which one is my favorite? Yes. Alvin, Simon, or Theodore? Oh, Alvin, easily. Yeah, easily. He's a shitbird. hundred percent up my alley. You know, <laughs> he's the prankster. Yeah. Question number two: Aliens or Predator? Predator. I mean, the movies. There's like three of them now, right? Alien versus Predator. Yeah, it's like so. Uh, I, I think so. At this point, I went through a period where I was in high school where I read books that were Aliens versus Predator. I played all the games. Let me tell you, I. I don't even hesitate predators all day every day. See, I go back to Alienation. Anybody remember Alienation? No, nobody remembers Alienation? No, you know Mac and Me is my favorite Alienation. Yeah. Alienation was this James Conn movie that was in the 90s, and they had a hit TV show that was on Fox. But if we're talking aliens, they also got to talk about V, so. Uh, I do recall V. That was a big deal. V yeah. was a big deal. Oh, yeah. And then they tried to redo a resurgence of it back in, like, 2005, and it bombed. Oh, no. Come out with something original. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Question I'm ready. number three. What decade would you like to live in? That's tough. I think I think I would have done all right in the 70s. 70, oh, I think so, too. The hippie um, I, I think, like, well, the, the, like, the post-hippie, like, 60s, like, that post-hippie 70s, kind of, like, everything, everywhere was Southern rock all the time. Um, I think I could totally handle that. Uh, or, or, or. I, I, could rock the, I could rock 20, you know, pre-economic disaster, the 1920s. Um, so I could the do Bogart that. era. Yeah, I mean, I'd still be drinking anyway, but, you know. Yeah, me too. Living through the modern day pro- prohibition as it is, as it now, you know, just not booze. I think I would be a criminal. A criminal? Yeah, doing bootleg stuff. So you'd be Al Capone? No, I wouldn't be Al Capone. I would be Dave. No, no, you'd be like that. That's I would be Dave. No, 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 no. I'm saying that's what he did, stuff like that. I know. I'm just right? Like, Call you Dave Capone. No, it wouldn't be a good Capone. No. You know, they only got him for tax evasion. They didn't even get him for any of his real crimes. Right. And I mean, they did a good movie out of it called The Untouchables, so. Yeah. Fantastic. That was a great movie. One of my favorites. Number four. Saturday morning cartoon. What is your favorite? Excellent. You want to know what mine was? What? Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling on the USA solid. Cartoon Express. That was solid. Um, I was definitely an excellent kid, though. Like, that changed. When that debuted on Fox, that changed everything for me. 1993 was a beautiful year. Oh, um, 93 had some great cartoons. Did you hear that they're redoing really the X-Men? I, I did, and I'm nervous. I'm very oh, yeah, nervous. I heard something about somebody weird is supposed to be playing Logan. No, no, no. They're talking about the cartoon. They're bringing oh. back the cartoon from '96. Mm. Mm. I mean, they tried to do that with Transformers and um, Thundercats, but they made it anime. That's okay. Uh, I didn't like it, but yeah, that's only number. But yeah, that, it, I'm very, I'm very nervous about the reboot. Um, that like, look, I was a GI Joe kid growing up. I wasn't a Transformers kid. I was a GI Joe kid. See now, I have not had a good GI Joe movie since cartoon. No, no, I, I, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Bob Hoskins and John Linguizamo are great actors, but I did not like the fact that Dennis Hopper was Koopa. I just don't think that GI Joe translates well to live action. No, I mean, if, if we're talking GI Joe, I loved the. They called it the WWE Hour on Fox, where it was the Super. Super Mario Super Hour. Okay, you're talking about, he's talking about G.I. Joe, not Super Mario. Wait, I'm not done. Where it was the Super Mario Super Hour with Captain Lou, and then G.I. Joe came on after that with Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant 
in Florida. Yep. Okay. Okay. I remember. Okay. And yes. they called it the WWF Hour or something like that. And then they did something else after we're wrestling. So I thought Snake Eyes was really good. If you do get a chance to see that, I watched it. I watched it. Um, eh, it was an alright movie. It just it it wasn't Snake Eyes. No. Like, I got. I got what you're like, saying. You know, like like if they if if it, it, you could have changed the names of all the characters, not called it a GI Joe movie, and it would have been a fun little action movie. I'd be all about it. But yeah. like, it just did, it, it felt like they tried really hard to change things just to change things, and, and it was a myth for me. I got what you're I wanted, I wanted to like it. I really did. I wanted to like it. I liked the Chun-Li Street Fighter movie better, and that wasn't very good either. Was that the one with, um, oh, what's his name? No. No, 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 no. The guy who played, um, Raul Julia was no, in it. that's not it. He no, was in Street no, Fighter. That was, just, that was the Street Fighter movie, but they made a Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li movie. Yes. Oh, okay. And I, I don't. I don't think it was like very big, but I, like, all right. For me, the, the like the greatest three franchises of my childhood before I found out what Star Wars was uh, was GI Joe, Top Gun, and that. You know, like, yeah. I just I'm very particular and I'm nervous. I'm nervous about all of it. Right. Very you want to see something, Brian? Yes. Yeah, so okay. if you want to find, there's a GI Joe movie made in anime. You have to watch. It's I think it's called GI Joe Resolute or something like that. Yeah, it's amazing. I wish they made more like. But if you adult, see, he knows it. He just talked about weird G.I. Joe movies is what's up. When they killed Bazooka in the opening two minutes, so I don't feel like that's really a spoiler because it happens in the opening. That was awesome. Like 10 years old, right? They killed Bazooka. I immediately sat forward in my chair. I was like, they're killing people in G.I. Joe. I'm on board. So, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about The Punisher? That doesn't count. Um, no, no, not that one. The Dolph Lundgren in 1989. Oh, oh, oh. Best Punisher. He's the Thank best you. Yeah, absolutely. Wait a minute. Did you ever see this one, DB? I've seen every movie okay. in the goddamn world. So I like... Uh, he's, he's, he's getting... Uh, like, I wanted to say something. And keep okay, go ahead. You say it. Then I'll say what I have to say. Okay. So if you remember going back to, like, the 86 um, Transformers movie when they killed off Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. So they found out G.I. Joe was going to do the same thing with Duke and kill off Duke for their G.I. Joe, the movie. But they stopped them because half of America started crying. And they wouldn't leave the room. Oh, like, And parents were calling up Transformers like crazy saying you killed off this character blah 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 this and that you should not kill off Duke so if you remember the movie like they're like he gets stabbed in the heart with um the Cobra and out for nowhere at the end of the movie you hear Duke's gonna be okay he was supposed to die and he w he was not supposed to come back that's why the ending well, was right it was, it was with the Transformers it was okay because they were robots from outer space yeah it wasn't okay with the, with, with the uh the testing audiences it wasn't okay with, with Duke because he was a U.S. military hero. Satan, that and it was did, different. It did test well. Yep. Oh, that was on the DVD of Transformers. I have it, and they were talking about it. Yeah. Oh, they were it, talking it, about Duke Shelby killed the Transformers movie. Yes. Oh, okay. I get That's it. where I got the whole story from. But in the cart in the original comics, Optimus Prime does die, so it's part of right. that. But he's correct. You can't have Duke die in a kids show because he's a he's a military he's a military he's person. American, he's yeah. Not in the 80s. Not in the 80s. Now, no. now, different story. In the 80s, absolutely not. You know, I started killing off my Transformers back in 86 and burying them in my backyard. Wait, in the mud? 
in the mud. Dude, yeah, we dig up the holes, put them in the ground. Yeah. I was like, goodbye, cliff jumper. But, uh. You, you threw them off the cliff, right? Yeah, like on um, Mac and Me when the kid went down the cliff. Went down the cliff, yeah. yeah. See, I was talking about the Punisher, the, the Dolph Lundgren one. Mm. I, I yeah. like that one because you see him open the van up, the guy gets in, and the guy looks at Dolph Lundgren and goes, How are you? His head's down. He looks up. Adam goes, Fuck you. And then starts killing people. Mm. I mean, great movie. Looks like it's Eric Roberts fantastic. in The Flash. Eric Roberts. Um, question. Question number five. Question number five. <laughs> question number five. Rabbit season or duck season? Rabbit season or duck season? Rabbit season or duck season? Oh. Ah, he got it. I had to do the voice for him to get it. Oh. <laughs> that uh, man, that's tough. You got two very distinctively different personalities, and mm. I like them both. Mm-hmm. They're both shit. They're both shit birds for different reasons. I find it funny um, that he's talking the psychology of rabbit season versus duck season. Yes. Yeah. That is great. This is how I break everything down. <laughs> this is why I'm an absolute delight to be in people's conversations. Um, yeah, because Bugs had that like smarmy, cocky, cool Shawn Michaels vibe. Like everybody loves Bugs Bunny because like he's a like you really examine his behavior. He's a heel. He's a bad guy. He's not a good person. He's a, he's a rabbit. First yeah. of all, he's not a person. But he's like a mischievous little bastard. You know, he's like he's like low. And then you've got Daffy, who's your typical loudmouth, just gets pissed off easily and wants to smash shit type heel. Like they're both heels. And I like them both. So that's a tough one. If I go rabbit season and duck season. So we're going Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Elmer Fudd just reminds me of the people that I live around. Um, so I'm just, he's just very endearing. Like, uh, guys, I, I live in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains in PA. Like, I, wow. Dude, you're Those are there. my folk, bro. Those are my folk. Yeah, hmm. I live out past Bloomsburg almost the way in God's country. Nothing but trees and mountains. And country music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I came out to uh, Tennessee whiskey last night. The show wasn't televised anyway. So. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the thing anymore. So we're going with Yosemite Sam then. Rabbit season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sold, sold. <laughs> Yosemite Sam it is. That's the answer. <laughs> by the way, I love that your final question is five questions. It's like it's like getting a wish from a genie and asking for a hundred wishes. Oh, uh, we switch we switch all these questions up. Yeah, every time we have a run sheet. Yeah, even, we have even a run though sheet. even though we were told by a certain somebody that having a run sheet isn't that good. Oh yeah, <laughs> all it on right. the fly, brother. So, but like we switch up questions. To, we always we have stuff for next time for you to come on and, and we'll play the five question of doom every time because we add new questions into the fold and he dropped it down anytime you guys want I'll come on and have a chit chat with you <laughs> talk psychology of cartoons the gift of jab brother yeah oh yeah we'll break down the psychology of cartoons we'll talk about toys disappoint me you know, all kinds of what's your favorite word to say to tell we're not the we're, we're not your average ordinary podcast and we right. are the 2300 wrestling podcast so on that note Hold up, hold up, hold up. I always say this, and I always forget because everybody wants to end the show fast. Thank you for coming on, fast. and welcome to our family. You are a part of our family now. Yeah. So anytime you need something from Dave Keener, go ahead and ask him. It's okay. Um, I don't have money, so... I just got the house, the studio. Everything's <laughs> Listen, brother, in my place. We're, we're all an independent wrestling. None yeah. of us has money. <laughs> I mean, for me, when we walk in the locker room and we say brother and brother and brother, yeah. you know... That means something, you know. And, but some people that go in there and saying brother doesn't really mean no. calling something brother. But like the people that opened up to me in this wrestling business, I have a lot of respect for. Like John Moran, Frankie Picard, O Dog, O Dog. Everybody accepted me right there and then. 
Brian Picard Sr. Yes, Brian Picard Sr. Dude, it's just so amazing that people accept me. I'm an outsider. I'm... I mean, I'm sorry. Atticus, as everybody knows him. Thank you for accepting me into this business. And Can I take a second and throw a quick plug in here for something? You brought up You brought up my tag team partner. Yes. Mr. Johnny Moran. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's the current Titan and Funhouse champion. Correct. I'm sure you gentlemen are aware. Oh, yeah. Uh, on March 12th. Yeah, I'm not even going to plug my own match. I'm going to be in a, a fun man-meat match myself. But on March 12th, Johnny Moran is going to go toe-to-toe with low-life Louis Ramos. Love Louis. That is worth, yeah, Dirty Louis versus lean and twisting proper Johnny Moran. So I, 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 I have a Louis story I'll tell you off the air, though. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, I, lo- huh? I love Louis. I've been seeing his matches for over 20 years, and he's an absolute gem then and he's an absolute gem now. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for him to smash Johnny Moran face. We forgot one more thing. What? His social media. Oh yeah. So you have any oh, social yeah. media, Facebook? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's Rosh Daniel. R-O-S-H, that's my real first name. I didn't pick it. I was oh. signed it at birth. Okay. And on that note, Brian, hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This has been the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dave Keener alongside D.B. Richard and we'll see you in the Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to give a big thank you to the Mastodon for being on our show today. Thank you guys so much. You're listening to the 2300 Podcast. I'm the Mastodon, and you're going to get smashed. Sam Alfalsi here. And Zach Ravix. Super Crazy Wrestling, Super Crazy Arena, Skiver Academy. We are indeed the best facility in New Jersey. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Probably no in the world. Extremely top three, I would say. We have very terrific trainers. Actually, they all come from uh, the Ring of Honor Dojo, so yeah. you already know you're... So they're gonna be great and they're definitely great oh yeah for sure you're gonna experience some you know pretty elite stuff uh you know we're all about intensity here you know uh we're, we're always here to help we're, we're always reach one teach one that that's our main thing you know i feel like if you're a person that really feels like wrestling is your dream and that's what you want to accomplish this is the best school to come to or burn or or burn okay. oh, Brack said. so uh, once again you know best school probably in the world definitely in jersey you can find it you can find it on facebook uh super crazy wrestling and scale academy and Instagram, Super Crazy Wrestling, Scarecrow Academy. You can contact Melissa Pena or Odog, and he'll come find you if you don't find him. Or I will. Or, or Brax. Or, or Brax. You'll burn. No, you won't burn.